Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Talk presented by Progressive. And we join you this week. How about this? From Oriole Park at Camden Yards in Baltimore, as uh, Tom Hamilton and I are back on the road. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. And uh, we are great to be back on the road traveling with the ball club and uh, calling games in person again away from Progressive Field. And that's where the Indians are this weekend in Baltimore, Maryland to play the Orioles. They dropped the opener on Friday night, but two more games to go this weekend before the scene shifts to St. Louis early next week. Coming up a little bit later on on our show today, we'll hear from Indians general manager Mike Chernoff, also catcher Austin Hedges, and relief pitcher Cal Quantrill, and maybe starting pitcher in the very near future. Looks like he'll get another start on Sunday for the Tribe. But first, we'll take a timeout, and when we come back, it's our Week in Review as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hi again, everybody. Tom Hamilton, Jim Rosenhouse, ready to bring you Tribe Baseball from the great state of Maryland. We are literally live from Camden Yards in Baltimore. It's our first road trip since the Indians ended the regular season in 2019 in our nation's capital. But thanks to the outstanding efforts of so many people with the Indians organization, we have been allowed back on the team charters and in the team hotel and on the team bus. And we can't wait to have some fun. We're one of only three radio broadcast teams in all of Major League Baseball that is traveling right now. We get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. (laughs) I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's catching fire with everyone. Indy 
Tribe Talk presented by Progressive Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Oriole Park at Camden Yards in Baltimore, Maryland. And we take a look back at the week in review and a busy week it was for the Indians as they had back-to-back doubleheaders after a rainout last Saturday at home. That meant a doubleheader Sunday against the Toronto Blue Jays. And things did not look good early in game two after a game one loss by the Tribe by a final score of 4-1. to one. Indians trying to earn a split, and they have been solid in doubleheaders for a while now, ever since Terry Francona took over back in 2013. The Indians either sweep or split doubleheaders. Rare are doubleheader defeats. And again, it didn't look good in Game 2 on Sunday as the Jays, looking for the sweep, jumped in front with four runs in the third inning. But in the sixth, the Indians began the comeback, starting with a big hit from catcher Rene Rivera. Wind is still blowing in from right. Shadows from the light standards across home plate. As the pitch is swung on, blasted high, deep to right center. This ball hits near the track. It'll go to the wall. Davis runs it down. Chang hits third. He's being waved home. He'll score without a throw. And an RBI double for Rene Rivera, who dropped one in right center between Davis and Gritchick, who were fighting that win. And give Rene Rivera his first extra base hit as an Indian and his second RBI as an Indian. And now the Indians down 4-1. to one. Ahmed Rosario drove in a run with an infield single to make it 4-2. to two. And then Jose Ramirez got the Tribe even closer. The pitch, a swing and a shot, base hit center field. Hernandez is being waved home. He better hurry. Throw to the plate, up the third baseline. Scoring is Hernandez. Rosario scampers to third. Jose Ramirez with the Indians' fourth consecutive hit. An RBI single to center, and it's a one-run game. The Indians now trailing it by a score of 4-3. to three. Next up, Harold Ramirez. Harold Ramirez, the batter, infield back. He drives one on the ground on one hop to second. Semi into second one, relay to first, double play, game tied as Rosario scores on a hard smash up the middle on one hop that the Blue Jays turn into two. Harold Ramirez, much like the Blue Jay hitters, everything he hits, even his outs, is hard hit. The Blue Jays scored a run in the top half of the seventh inning, and again, a reminder, that is the final inning of doubleheader games now, so they regain the lead heading to the bottom of the seventh and final inning at 5-4. to four. But in the bottom of the seventh, the Indians took advantage of some shaky work from the Blue Jays' bullpen. Bases loaded, drive down a run, one down in the seventh. Infield back, double play depth. Is Rosario taking 3-1? Here it comes. Ball four, it's low, tie game! Chatwood's walked four in a row. We'll have a pitching change. We've got a new ball game. And the next batter was Jose Ramirez trying to end it. Now the pitch. Slider swung on line to right field. Back goes Gritchick, makes the catch. Tagging is Zimmer. Throw to the plate, slides in safely. Ball game for the Indians on a walk-off sacrifice fly to right by Jose Ramirez. So the Indians 
stun the Blue Jays and win the game with two in the seventh without the benefit of a base hit. Four walks and a sacrifice fly, and the Indians get their fourth walk-off win of the season, and this literally was a walk-off win. So a doubleheader split for the Tribe against the Blue Jays on Sunday, then Monday a Memorial Day doubleheader against the Chicago White Sox. Now the Sox won a wild game one in eight innings. Again, that's extra innings in a doubleheader game. Eight to six was the final. But despite the loss, what a day for Indian starting pitcher Tristan McKenzie as he pitched his way into the Indians' record book. Here's the one-two. Swing and a miss, strike three. Madrigal, who never strikes out, just did. And for McKenzie, that's now six consecutive strikeouts, eight in the game. McKenzie with the one-two delivery. Called strike three. That time he got him looking. He strikes out the side in order again. Seven straight strikeouts for Tristan McKenzie. We head to the bottom of the fifth, tied at four. Tom Seaver holds the Major League record. He struck out 10 Padres in a row in 1970. Now the payoff pitch. Strike three, call, curveball, and a new club record. Eight consecutive strikeouts for Tristan McKenzie. A curveball got Jake Lamb looking. And Corey Kluber has been pushed out of the record books by the 23-year-old right-hander Tristan McKenzie, who has struck out 10 today, including the last eight White Sox. Boy, what a stretch for McKenzie and a nice moment for that young man who has battled some ups and downs early in the 2021 season. So it was a loss for the Indians in game one. So once again, they're trying to earn a split of the doubleheader with a game two victory. And uh, they would get things going in the second, thanks to Bradley Zimmer. Now the payoff pitch. Swung on. This is hit on a line to center. Base hit. In to score, Ramirez. Bowers to third. And Zimmer delivers a two-out RBI single. And the Indians now lead it one to nothing on three straight singles with two men down here in the second inning. And Bradley Zimmer, a door has opened, and he is trying to kick it down. The White Sox scored a run to tie it in the top half of the third, but in the bottom of the third inning, Jose Ramirez delivered a big blow with a runner on. Now the 3-1 pitch. Swung in and blasted. Deep to right field. Way back gone. And Jose Ramirez puts the Tribe on top 3-1. Lambert went in one too many times. And Jose now leads the team with 13 homers and 30 RBIs. And he's hit four home runs off Sox pitching here in 2021. And that would be enough as the combination of Cal Quantrill, Kyle Nelson, Nick Whitgren, Phil Maton, they all held the Sox to just one run. And then it was Emmanuel Classe on in the seventh looking for the save. Two down, runner at first, three to one Indian, seventh inning, the set. And the next offering from Class A. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. 
ball game. And the Indians get a split as Class A gave up a leadoff single. And then a rarity for Class A, he struck out the side. And the Indians get a two-run home run from Jose Ramirez in the third. And terrific pitching by Quantrill, Nelson, Whitgren, Maton, and then Class A. And the Indians win the nightcap 3-1. to one. So a doubleheader split heading into Tuesday's Game 3 of the four-game series against the White Sox. And it was only one game on Tuesday, but certainly a good one as the Indians got the scoring started in the bottom half of the first inning. Now the pitch, runner goes, it swung on, a cue shot by the mound, charged it short, Anderson gloves, double clutch, throw to first, not in time! Indians take a 1-0 lead. Anderson couldn't get a good grip on the baseball, and again, not hard hit. Little roller by the left side of the mound, Anderson charging, gloved it, but kind of had to do a, a double clutch to get a grip on the ball. And that enabled Naylor to beat it out for an RBI single, giving him 15 runs batted in. And the Indians lead one to nothing. Swung on Chopper back up the middle off the glove of Cease. Caroms to short. Anderson throw to first. Not in time! And in to score is Eddie Rosario. And another infield hit. And a little pinball baseball. And the Indians have a 2-0 lead here in inning number one. And the Indians putting the ball in play, getting rewarded, and Harold Ramirez with his ninth run batted in. And the Indians have taken advantage of wild pitches, box, and a defensive play that wasn't made for this 2-0 lead. In the second, White Sox speedster Billy Hamilton delivered a two-run double and came all the way around to score on a throwing error and the Sox were on top 3-2. to two. The Indians answered in their half of the third, evening things up thanks to Harold Ramirez. The 1-2 pitch, swung on line drive, base hit left field. We are tied at three. Second time tonight that Harold Ramirez has delivered a two-out RBI single, giving him 10 runs batted in. In the fourth, Austin Hedges put the Tribe on top. Cease sets at the belt, and here's his pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. It's deep. Back on it is Vaughn. He's looking up. Home run, Hedges! Onto the porch. And the Indians take the lead, 5-3. Boy, again, another hitter working the count full, and finally Hedges got a pitch that he could handle a slider that was up. And Austin Hedges has hit his third home run on the season to put the Tribe in front. And more run in the fourth inning, this time from Jose Ramirez. Now the 0-1. Swung on, line drive, center field. That gets down for a base hit. Tailing toward the gap in left center. On his way to third is Rosario. He's not stopping there. On his way home, and he will score. And into second with a hustle double that drives in another run. Jose Ramirez. Indians now lead it six to three. Man, when Rosario gets rolling, he's as fast as anyone on this ball club, and he was flying around third. Even if Mike Sarbaugh wanted to stop him, he had no chance. And all the while, Jose Ramirez was hustling out of the box, and he picks up his second double in the game. 12th on the season.
Meanwhile, on the mound, Shane Bieber settled in to make it through seven innings before turning things over to Brian Shaw. He took care of the Sox in the eighth inning. And then in the ninth, things got interesting for James Karinchek, but in the end, he got the job done. The White Sox have one win this year when they trailed going into the ninth inning. They've scored two. They've got bases loaded. Two down in the ninth. Cleveland six, Chicago five. Karinchek's 25th pitch of the inning. Swung on a chopper to short. Rosario charges, gloves, throws, ball game! On a 2-0 count. He gets Abreu to hit a weak chopper to short. And Karinchek bear-hugging Austin Hedges like he just completed a no-hitter. And the Indians, you better not leave the park early. They find a way to win, don't they? And they've beaten the Sox tonight, 6-5. to five. So the Indians had taken two of the first three in the four-game series, but the fourth game, as Wednesday's scheduled day game, was rained out. Then on Thursday, a scheduled off day for the Tribe, and then it was on to Baltimore, and on Friday night, the Orioles coming back late to win it by a final score of 3-1. to one. So that's your look back at the Week in Review. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Austin Hedges, Cal Quantrill, and Mike Chernoff as we get into the second half of our show this week. Tribe Talk presented by Progressive, continuing after this timeout. Hang on, folks. This baby isn't over yet. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Baltimore, Maryland. Always a lot of ways to hear the show each week. You can do so, of course, on the Indians Radio Network on your local network affiliate station. Usually we send the show down a little bit before game time of the Saturday game. But uh, you can also pick it up online at Indians.com or as a podcast, usually posted later on uh, Saturdays. And that's wherever you download your favorite podcast. It comes in podcast form over the weekend. Well, Austin Hedges has really filled in nicely for Roberto Perez as the Indians' frontline catcher since Perez went down with an injury about three weeks ago now. We caught up with Austin following Tuesday's win over the White Sox, a game where he had a key home run. And uh, it's always fun to visit with Austin Hedges. He has a unique uh, outlook on uh, the game of baseball and life in general. And uh, here's how our interview went earlier this week joining us now austin hedges who uh on tuesday night hit a home run caught a great game and uh austin i gotta ask you you, you get to the ballpark wednesday how's your back after the post-game hug from james karen check you okay <laughs> i mean honestly like after after a situation like that like i don't think i could really even feel anything it was uh the adrenaline was definitely pumping you know i mean when we we're facing the reigning MVP with bases loaded. I mean, it's like it's like a situation you dream about. So, um, I mean, I was just pumped for Chack to be able to go out and, and pull it out. You know, it's 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 not always going to be easy. Guys are going to get hits. Things things aren't going to go your way. But when it all comes down to it, you win the ball game, you get your save, and um, do whatever you want out there, and I'll celebrate with you. I, I thought it was interesting, too, because you mentioned afterward that 
that might be good for him to to kind of walk that tightrope every now and again. And why is that in the long run? I mean, I think it's a, a similar thing that Shane's going through as well. It's like you know, the the harder, uh, the better you pitch in this league, the more guys are gonna are, are gonna just have to try and figure you out because they're not just gonna give in, and be like, oh, this guy's nasty. I'm gonna go out and strike out every at bat. Like, no, they're gonna go. They're gonna work really hard. They're gonna figure out some type of game plan. Um, and the good teams, they go out go out and do a game plan as a team. So they all have this similar approach that, you know, might give them the best chance of success. And uh, when that approach, uh, you know, has some success, it can be tough uh, to get out of that jam because you got to go out and make an adjustment in a situation where, you know, Chak, for example, like hey, he hasn't had to make too many adjustments so far this year. He's been he's been dominating the league, and uh, and, and now you know he's got to go out and make some adjustments or learn how to pitch to, um, you know, if guys are going to put the ball in play, like that's fine. And um, you know he's not just going to go out every single outing and strike out everybody and get a billion saves. It's just it's 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 not the reality of this game and. Um, so I think the way the way that he responded yesterday uh, to things not really going his way and still come out with the save and help us win the ball game um, is only going to be huge for his growth. You hit a big home run during the course of the game, and it seems like your hits have come at great times. And uh, take us through that at bat because it, it sounded like were you setting up the pitcher with with maybe some swing and miss at the slider to get a good one. <laughs> Man, if you think uh, if you think I'm out there swinging and missing on purpose, yeah, uh, man, it ain't going that good. Okay, so if I if I could do that, then I I don't know that that would be kind of cool. Honestly, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody was going to be real surprised. He was going to throw me a slider in that situation. I wasn't looking real good on him, but he had a good he had a good one going. But um, you know, uh, the thing that was nice was I was able to work the count to three two, where I know he's got to throw a strike. So. Um, instead of being able to expand and throw that wipeout breaker, he had to throw the strike breaker. And, um, um, you know, I had seen enough uh, at that point where I could make an adjustment. Like, you know, speaking of adjustments, I just, you know, you, the, the guys in the, in the teams that make the most adjustments uh, quicker, um, you know, good things tend to happen. So um, I was able to make that adjustment and put a good swing on it. And you've put down some really good sack bunts during the season. I know you tried to bunt for a base hit and were denied on, on a great play by the pitcher, but is that just part of, you know, changing it up, trying to do whatever you can to help the team? That's it, man. I'm I'm trying to win ball games. You know, obviously uh, any type of individual success is, is going to be a bonus. You know, that's obviously our, our, our likelihood, and it is a business um, too. But um, this game is so much fun, uh, and I and I enjoy playing it so much, and I just love to win. And I love being a part of this organization, and uh, it's, it's, it's basically the one thing we all have in common. We're all out here with the same goal, trying to win a World Series, trying to win each game, trying to win each series. Um, and so whether that means bunting, whether that means, you know, seeing pitches, moving guys over, um, energy, really whatever it is, all the things that, that, that you can control, uh, those are the things you got to take advantage of because in this game there's so many things that are out of your control. And you mentioned fun, and, and you came from a team that seemed to have tons of fun the San Diego Padres and and now this club is is really gaining a nice identity for, for close wins and, and having a good time and uh you seeing that here with this ball club oh man we love each other here uh it's it's such a fun group uh um I mean the the, the cool thing is you know from like we got a bunch of American guys a bunch of Latino guys Asian guys and every single guy loves each other every single guy gets along uh we find ways to communicate and find ways to love on each other every day pick each other up and that's what good teams do, and that's what good people do. And um, I think it's hats off to uh, to all the people in charge and running this organization to to put so many great human beings in uh, in, in in such a good group together. And um, you know, I think it's allowed us to go out and, and surprise some people and in, uh, in how we're playing. 
Yeah, it's been a fun ride so far, and I know you're a big part of that. Austin, thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Thank you. That's Austin Hedges. Always fun to chat with him and uh, doing a really nice job behind the plate, getting the most out of this pitching staff and playing good defense with the occasional uh, offensive outburst as well. Well, Cal Quantrill started the second game of the Monday doubleheader against Chicago and pitched very well, and it looks like he's lined up to pitch again on Sunday as a starter once again. And he says he really doesn't have to change much from his bullpen routine to get ready for a starting assignment. Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, I feel I feel pretty comfortable in either role. I have quite a few starts um, at the professional level and even at the big league level, so it's not, you know, a completely different process. In fact, I think, you know, we kind of mentioned it yesterday, but just trying to keep it more almost reliever-oriented, whether you're starting or not. So it felt pretty comfortable. You mentioned that, and, and Carlos Carrasco used to, kind of go along those same lines of after he had a stint in the bullpen would would shorten his warm-up before starts and and can that make a difference and is it hard to do if you know you're starting a game not to have that normal starters routine yeah I think it's like it it can be tempting to you know want to go through some routine but uh, if that's not what you've been doing I I think it's probably safer just to stick with what what's been working Um, for me I think we're at least I, I, I didn't get to see a ton of Crasco, but based on what I know, I mean, that guy was exceptional in every role he's had. And I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing. It's, you know, you don't get to you don't get to face the second, third batter. You don't get to go to the second inning if you can't get through the first. So, um, you know, if that means you got to take a reliever mindset and just go inning to inning, then it is what it is. When you look at your season, it seems like your command has, has gotten better and better as it's gone along. And What's the difference between now and, and say, even as far back as spring training when uh, you were first starting out and it looked like you were struggling with your command a bit? Yeah, um, I felt like this offseason we made some, some really positive changes, uh, some things to help help you know me become a, a more dominant pitcher. That being said, it took a little time to get used to some of these changes, and I think uh, maybe the, um, the fine touch that I'd grown used to was not quite where it needed to be come the beginning of the season, and I paid for it a little bit with, with probably more walks than I'm, than I'm comfortable allowing. But um, over the last month here, I feel like we've made you know, steady strides towards becoming a, a, a more a command-oriented pitcher, and you know, weather's getting better, and we're getting further into the season. Some of it, I'm sure, is that, but you know, some of it's also just uh, locking it back in and making sure you get back to, to what makes me me. And you mentioned changes, and, and is it important to be patient with that, to, to allow it to, to work and settle in and, and give yourself some innings under your belt to, to give that stuff a chance? To a certain extent, yep, for sure. I think you gotta you have to have uh, you know patience with yourself and as, as you continue to get better. But at the same time, you know, we've got a job to do. You have to be ready for the first game of the season. I think that my spring training just wasn't what it needed to be. Um, and that's just that. It's uh, it's part of our sport. You know, you can have all the patience in the world, but come game one of the 162, you have to win. So uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, feeling better now and, and just trying to try and maintain that. Cal Quantrill joining us, try pitcher And you look at uh, the weekend and a lot of innings to fill with back-to-back doubleheaders. Are, are those situations kind of fun, though, when you're a pitcher and, and you know you're going to be in the middle of that and, and count it on to, to provide some innings, even if it is different from the norm? Yeah, I think it's something that at least our bullpen has taken pride in. It's just, you know, being ready in multiple situations in any inning, covering innings, going back to back. We have guys on our team with, you know, well over 400, 500 career appearances, and we've got guys on our team with less than 10. So um, I think everyone's just trying to continue to prove uh, that they belong here, and, and, you know, we're not going to shy away from 28 innings in in two days. And I think it was fun. 
guys got to pitch in some roles that maybe we weren't used to, but, you know, excelled in anyways in the last couple of days, and it was good. It was good to see everybody get out there. And what's been fun for you about this bullpen, which has had so much success in, in the first two months of the season? I think that, uh, I mean, just in my experience, it's a, a bullpen that really cares about each other. Um, you know, everyone's trying to pick each other up. You know, all bullpens try to, but I think we've done a good job so far this year of, of limiting damage, of making sure you're giving, you know, the next guy up the, the best chance to succeed and, and getting after it and trying to close down games. You know, um, I think that Cleveland has been known for its starting pitching for a long time, and it's nice when we can, uh, you know, finish off those games that they uh, they give us a good start in. And you also seem to be able to, to hold games close, even if the team is trailing, to give the team a chance to come back. And and it seems like for certain teams they get on a roll that way where they win some games late. And, and do you feel that with this ball club? Yeah, well, it speaks to the depth of, of, of the, the bullpen. You know, we've got guys who, you know, we've obviously got kind of a three-headed monster at the end there. But, you know, we've got guys who are, are extremely good pitchers, you know, pitching in maybe in, in those tight games that you're talking about where you might be down by one or two and keeping us right there and giving the lineup a chance to uh, to flip the – flip the script a little bit yeah so it's been good okay well, nice going last night and uh, continued success thanks for coming by for sure thanks for having me that's indians pitcher cal quattrell and uh, keep an eye on quattrell he's an intriguing addition to the starting rotation if he stays there is uh, he, he's been i think itching to start he won't say it but uh, the indians have really liked what he's done in the pen but believe that he can be a successful major league starting pitcher and uh, we'll get a Certainly a good look at that again on Sunday here in Baltimore. Stay tuned. We'll have our final segment of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Boy, don't go away, folks. This has got a chance to be a classic ending. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you at Oriole Park at Camden Yards as uh, the Indians are on the road. Three-game weekend series in Baltimore. 4.05 first pitch Saturday, 1.05 first pitch on Sunday, then a pair of 8.15 games Tuesday and Wednesday nights in St. Louis to wrap up this brief road swing. And then it's back home, opening day 2.0, Friday night, the Indians and Mariners at 7:10 at Progressive Field. It's a Sugardale Dollar Dog Night post-game fireworks, courtesy of the Blaster Corporation, and uh, all kinds of good stuff going on over the weekend. Uh, Roberto Perez bobblehead day on Saturday at 4:10. So get your tickets now. It's wide open now, full capacity if needed at Progressive Field, and you can pick up your tickets at Indians.com or the Ballpark app for the next homestand, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. The Mariners in town, also the Orioles coming to town on the next homestand, so a lot of good baseball coming up with uh, the Indians at home for a little while next week. Well, we caught up with Mike Chernoff, Indians general manager recently, and we talked to him 
about some of the challenges with pitching depth that the Indians suddenly find themselves in. Hasn't happened in a long time. And uh, first off, he filled us in on the latest with two pitchers we saw in spring training who might be of help at some point in time, Scott Moss and Logan Allen. Yeah, I think those guys will be. I mean, Logan obviously had a great spring training, um, came up and struggled a bit. He went back down to AAA, um, and we're just trying to you know, get his mechanics back and get his mindset in the right place. Um, he got banged up a little bit, so he was out for a couple of weeks, but he's on a return to throw now, and he should be back out there relatively soon. Scott Moss um, has dealt with some intermittent back stuff from time to time. It flared up on him. He came in and got checked, and he was fine through a bullpen on Thursday. I think he's starting tomorrow uh, in AAA. So hopefully both of the, those guys will be options in the near future. Um, you know, we're obviously hanging by a thread right now with with really um, just a couple of our established starters up here and, and going young with the other guys and, and trying to stretch out our bullpen a little bit. So we're hoping to get through this stretch, um, despite it being sort of unconventionally. We're hoping to get through it okay. I know they, most of the time you'd, you'd like to be able to fill spots from within the organization. Do you reach a certain point, though, where, where you're you're starting to look outside and see if there are some options that make sense? We, we are always evaluating all potential options. Um, at the same time, I do feel, I think, you know, despite being so young, I do think we have a lot of good options. And so you kind of have to weigh the types of guys that could be out there that you might be able to get, even if they're veterans, versus some of the young guys that you have and wanting to give guys like that a chance. You know, last night uh, weren't the best conditions to uh, be able to see Eli Morgan. I'm not sure it was totally fair to uh, to pass any judgment on that outing, but, you know, he's a young starter that we really like and feel like has some great potential. Um, and some of the other guys that we have that we've brought up, obviously we want to continue to give Tristan a chance um, to succeed. We'll probably get Cal Quantrill a chance um, to work his way into the rotation or at least lengthen him out a little bit and even jc mejia you know whether it's in a kind of um longer type of role in the bullpen or get him uh potentially some starting innings we feel like he's a guy that we think can really help us in some way so we we would like to try to go internally at the same time we'll of course always evaluate all options tribe general manager mike chernoff joining us mike uh, terry francona won his 700th game as an indians manager earlier this week and and he's going to to hit the all-time top list um, for Indians managers sometime this season no question uh what has allowed him I mean there's a shelf life for major league managers no question what has allowed him to to kind of stay ahead of that curve and and keep a fresh message for this team over what is now a, a lengthy period of time as Indians manager I mean you must have pictures on all of us right <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. He, Tito, you know, you're talking about a Hall of Fame type manager who um, he just he is tremendous. The way that he connects with players, the environment that he creates, the ability to get the most out of a young team. We've seen this now multiple times through. This is like a this is a nine year stretch where we have more wins than any other team in the American League, despite having a payroll of like a billion dollars less, or literally almost a billion dollars less over that stretch than the next best team. And Tito does never complain about that. Tito says, whatever the situation is, we're going to grind our way through it. We're never going to back down from a challenge, and we're going to do it together. And he breaks down barriers across the organization to get the most out of everybody. So it's just it's been a huge honor for me to work with him. I've learned so much from him, and it's fun to see him have these types of accomplishments. 
and he'll be away from the ball club for a wedding the next two days. But it seems like if he does have to miss time, and it really came to the forefront last year, a transition is seamless. And why will that be the case this weekend with DeMarlo Hale running the ball club? Yeah, we have a really um, uh, have had a stable group of major league coaches on our staff for a long time. So there's a group that's been with Tito, knows how he manages a game. In addition, although DeMarlo is new this year, he's been with Tito in the bench coach role before. Um, DeMarlo is tremendous. He knows exactly how Tito manages a game. So it's it's kind of a seamless thing. Um, obviously, you know, we, we can't wait to get Tito back, but it's wonderful that he's able to go to his daughter's wedding and, and be there to celebrate. And given the, the group of coaches that we have, we feel great and totally comfortable with them getting us through a couple of games here. Now, Mike, a busy weekend, a lot going on this weekend, but I appreciate you coming by. Thank you. Of course. Thanks, Rosie. That's Indians general manager Mike Chernoff. And that'll do it for this edition of Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for all of his help along the way. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.